Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our equipping pastor, Dennis Kozlov. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Good morning, church. We can't do without it, right? Uh, all right, I'm Dennis Kozlov, uh, equipping pastor here at the Bridge Church, and we're doing Living in His Body. Uh, that's the name of the series that we started last week, and Neil did a great job. He got a little rusty, but he got oil of the Holy Spirit and got on rusty, or whatever you call it, uh, W40, is that what you... Thank you. Both of my hands are left. <clears throat> I call mechanics. I don't fix my cars. <laughs> I'm just sorry. All right, guys. Uh, I'm a little puzzled today because the Lord speaks to me in a certain way, and over the years you learn to recognize His patterns and the way He speaks. And I, I usually have a specific, like a crystal clear thing that I, I need to release to on coming Sunday. Today it's different. Today I'm supposed to kind of tackle something together with you probably and I don't have the full thing which is fine because I was asking the Lord I used to freak out when that happens I mean Sunday morning I'm supposed to preach and I don't have a clear picture what is it Lord what is it that I'm supposed to speak <clears throat> but the years of experience help so now I, I don't freak out I just say Lord I, I don't know what, what is it show me so be prepared for something unusual today not just in my message but maybe during the worship maybe during the time of prayer <clears throat> all right I'll start with this, with a piece of poetry that is unusual. To live above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. <clears throat> there is a strong exhortation given to us by the Apostle Paul to do exactly this, to be intentional about this, to live below with saints we know. Amen. <laughs> it's a requirement, actually. If you study that, that's a requirement. That's a condition. Neil and I, we talk a lot about unconditional love of God, and that's amazing. That's called the gospel. That's the heart of the gospel. But last week, Neil asked the question, like, if I say church, what comes to mind? All kinds of pictures come to mind. But rarely does it come to your mind the same picture that we read about the church in the book of Ephesians, for example, or in the book of Acts. Rather, all kinds of strange stories come to mind about the church, like a country club or holier-than-thou attitude people or judgmental folks that walk with like posters and protest everything. But that's not the church. It has no power, actually. It has a lot of noise. Don't take big gatherings with a lot of noise as a revival. It's not necessarily a revival. <clears throat> when Paul preached the gospel, people in Ephesus got so upset that they gathered together by thousands and started yelling, great is the Diane of Ephesus. That was a revival. Not the right one. Anyway, <clears throat> so today my title is The Unity or Oneness of the Spirit. 
And I'm going to read this exhortation. I mean, there are many exhortations of Paul that he gives in the epistles of the New Testament. And if you read, you understand that somehow Paul looked at this matter differently than we do. Let me read this one and like try to hear it. What do you see? What do you hear? Ephesians chapter 4, verses from 4 through 6. And Paul gives this, after he gives this three chapters of Ephesians, he gives this panoramic vista view of God's heart's desire. This amazing design of what, what church is according to God's desire. Crazy, big, great fullness of the one who feels all and in all. The body of Christ that builds itself in love when every member is growing into the head. It sounds like a poetry. Do we experience that? Well, Paul said to experience that, you need to, lean, you need to learn to live worthy of your calling. And then he gets to this worthy side and he basically translates this high and lofty picture of the church into the practicality of the, your daily life. And he says this, therefore, after you've seen all this beautiful picture, therefore, I, prisoner of the Lord, he writes this from prison, which is a great thing. I mean, he's so excited about the church. He doesn't complain about his imprisonment, but that's a distraction. So he says, therefore, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. <clears throat> and then he begins to list how? What does it mean to walk worthy? He says, with all humility. That means you don't consider yourself to be more important than other people. You actually tend to consider other people more important than you. He said, with all humility and gentleness. You're not in a hurry to voice your opinion and impose your ideas on people. You're gentle. And he says, with patience. Oh boy, we need that. Patience always implies unpleasant experience. Do you know that? By default. You don't exercise patience when you enjoy stuff. You exercise patience when it's not really pleasant at the moment. So when somebody is running their mouth for 30 minutes trying to unload on you, patience. <laughs> well, Bearing with one another in love. Whoa, what is that? You know, you give, let me give you Dennis Kozlov translation. You give tons of slack to people. Does it make sense? You're okay with them being quirky. You're okay with them uh, being annoying. I'm okay with Neil being on his cell phone while I'm preaching. <clears throat> Oh, he says he's looking for a scripture. That's a good excuse. <laughs> well, anyway, what I encourage you to do is to don't glide over those passages. Slow down, stop, soak in, think, meditate. But I want you to see something. If you don't do it, you just glide over it, and it sounds like blah, 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 be nice in the church. That's a good point, valid point. Amen. Be nice. Don't be rude. Don't be like Dennis. Be, be nice. Be nice. Hashtag be nice. Yeah. But, blah, 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 be nice. Yeah. But I want you to see that Paul is talking about all of that and he's driving to somewhere. He's driving to verse 3. 
He says, why do I want you to be this? Why, why do I want you to be gentle and patient? Because there is something going on in the church. And I want you to be aware of that. And I want you to recognize that. And I want you to learn to, find, to tune to that. And he says, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of love. In the bond of peace, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to unpack bond of peace. Basically, it means we are bound together by one covenant of peace with God in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a message for, the, for another time. But I want to focus on the unity of the Spirit. So, Paul speaks strongly about this. It's not just be nice, hashtag be nice. It's not blah, 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 be nice. It's something, and I looked at the Greek, and I looked at different translations. So in case you've been gliding over this passage, here's different translation, translations in Greek. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Another translation renders it this way. Giving diligence to keep the unity of the Spirit. Another one. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit. I actually like the oneness of the Spirit. Do you hear that? It's not about just being nice and saying hi. It's, 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 it's work. It's effort. It's focused effort because you value something. You recognize something valuable and you put your focused effort into maintaining it and keeping it and preserving it. Does it make sense? And this something, this valuable something is called oneness of the spirit and i'll try my best to unpack it today but again i don't have a clear pathway so i'm kind of birthing this message right in front of you together with you because one of the reasons i believe it's because it's so so much it goes so much against the grain of american culture today here's i'm going to tell you something that you should remember forever I'm going to deprive you of your American right right now. You love your rights. I know I'm American now. I love my rights. But here's the right that you assume you have. You don't. As, as soon as you become a Christian, as soon as you receive Jesus, invited Jesus into your life and said, Lord, you're my Lord. Here's the right that you lost forever in that very moment. You have no right to ever tell your brother and sister in Christ, you don't need me. You have no right to tell your brothers and sisters, I don't need you. Just say goodbye to this right forever. All right? Amen. Okay. So, I don't know. You guys okay? <laughs> so, I'm trying to make it... Uh, okay. Unity of the Spirit. Before I start to unpack the unity of the Spirit, I want to tell you what it is not. Before I say... I try to say what it is. I'm going to say what it is not. It is not recognizing the universal church of Christ. Dennis, do you not believe in the universal church of Christ? I do believe in the universal church of Christ. I do. I believe in the amazing, beautiful picture drawn by Paul in chapter 1, 2, and 3 of the book of Ephesians. A beautiful, beautiful body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the new Jerusalem that is being built at this very moment, that it transcends time and space, yet... You can never experience that church unless you're connected to a local church. Just impossible. And that's a big temptation today. 
Because you live in a small town and in a in not very significant region and you, you, you have internet. And you have all these cool preachers out there. All these churches with blows and whistles and smoke machines. And like you come to, our church is pretty cool. But it doesn't really matter, cool or not cool. Are you connected to the people specifically? Uh, last week, Neil spoke of... Uh, Scandal of particularity. It's a term developed by scholars. And what it means basically, Neil did it and I'm going to do it again. What it means basically, it's a scandalous thought that is hard to receive. That God who is omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful, all-knowing, having all the wisdom, chose to confine and be that one person, Jewish carpenter from the village of Nazareth. You see, it's, 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 but the same logic translates to the church. Does it make sense? Are you guys, am I losing you? Is it too complicated? So for you to experience the beautiful picture of Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, you have to, to walk humbly among the people that God connected you with in locality where you live. And that must become your... De- Conscious decision. Just like if you're a Christian but you never open the Bible to eat and drink from it, you're not going to grow. If you're a Christian and you never learn how to pray, you're not, you're not going to know the Lord. And if you don't connect yourself to the local church, you will not grow. Why? Because you grow through the operation of the church. That's what Paul says. And I'm going to talk about it today. What, what it is not... It is not subscribing to a set of specific Christian beliefs. Everybody does that. That's easy. Oh, we believe in God. We believe in one God in three persons. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in this. We believe in that. means nothing because your life is no different. It's important, but it's, it's not the unity of the Spirit. It is not being nice and polite, as I said. It's very important to be nice and polite. So I'm still learning it. Forgive me. You have to be patient with me, right? This one is really important. I'm going to address that a little bit more. The unity of the Spirit is not spending time with believers you like, you enjoy, and you feel you benefit from. I'm going to say it again. Preserving, maintaining unity of the Spirit is not... Spending time with believers you like, you enjoy, or you feel you benefit from. Emotionally, financially, whatever, relationally. It's good. It's natural. But if you don't watch it, if you don't understand what the unity of the Spirit is, this thing, which is pleasant actually, is going to be a killer of true church on this earth. Hear me out. First, it's going to kill even naturally good church, good gathering of people. Because even here, I already can see how people who are somewhat new, they begin to uh, shape and form a little circles of friends. And before you know it, if you don't watch it, a newcomer comes and it's really hard to, to connect. Because everybody has a group of friends, but I don't. And it's super... And some, in some strange way, the friendliness of you and your friends becomes an unfriendly church. 
I went uh, to Minnesota. I shared this story before, so I apologize those of you who heard this story before. I went to Minnesota to visit this cool, big, amazing church. Uh, I visited a friend of mine. He was an elder. He was an elder there in that church. So he had to come early before the service. So he brought me with him like an hour before. So there was nobody there, just people like musicians and people who were involved in service. So I was hanging out in a foyer, big foyer, a couple of thousands of people, I think. It's like they have multi-campuses. So I was hanging in there and drinking coffee and watching people arriving. And people were arriving. And they, they felt a little awkward. And as soon as they saw somebody, they, they know they run to them and they start chatting and smiling and wonderful. And I waited until somebody would pay attention to me. Not because I needed that. I'm not needy. But I just was wondering. Hundreds of people. It's obvious. The guy is new. Standing by the table like this with the, with the coffee and just watching stuff. Not a single soul approached. Not a single person came. Beautiful worship, beautiful singing, beautiful preaching. Amazing. Not good. How was it killed? By people being friendly with one another on a natural basis. That's why, guys, I, I try to recognize new faces. I run, especially after service. Like, if you want to talk to me, I'm trying to escape from you because I know you. I see those people. I've never met them. So I introduce myself sometimes up to five times, and I apologize. Like, my memory is failing by now. You're growing too fast. Yeah. But listen, it's, it's not even that important. That I mean, it's, it's, it's important that if being friendly kind of kills church being friendly. But let me tell you a more important thing. This natural inclinations, which is fine. It's good to have casual friends. That's why we do connect groups. To create time and space, you can shape and create casual friendships. But there should be something more. Unity of the Spirit. It, it can be this, this kind of following your likes and dislikes with people in the church. Can can also be a killer of the supernatural church. Because before you know it, the natural interest in your relationship will supplant the spiritual things. I've seen it over and over again. So Dennis, are you telling us not to make friends? Yes, make friends. But be watchful, be diligent, be vigilant to preserve the unity of the spirit. And again, guys, I'm kind of going totally off script because I told you that something weirds going on. So, but I think the Lord is speaking something to us. So... All of you are here because you ascribe value to this place and time. That's why you're here. And I thank you for this. All of the people who are gathering around Jesus because they ascribed value and significance to Jesus. But that was not cutting it. When Jesus, last time Neil remembered this passage, it's in Matthew chapter 16. They came to Caesarea Philippi and said, Who do people say I am? Remember... Every answer that the disciples gave him was a good biblical answer. Prophet, Elijah, this, that. There was not a single bad answer there. there was, nobody said, some people think you're a charlatan. No, no. They gave good, biblical, significant, but only one was right. Peter gave the right one. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, he recognized something more about Jesus' identity. Not mere human. God in human flesh. 
listen to me, I'm going to say something that might be scandalous to you. You're not mere human. There is God in the human flesh here. Yes, I'm talking about your flesh with big nose and everything. Yes, God himself moved in. You. But unlike Jesus, Jesus had a fullness in a bodily form. Fullness of God living in one body. Today, the fullness of God lives in multiple bodies. But it doesn't manifest until these bodies recognize the presence of the Spirit in themselves and in each other. Do you hear me? That is vitally important. That determines whether the church is just a club where people read the Bible and talk about Jesus, talk about the past, blah, 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 and have no experience. Or they become experiential place. When people experience God in their life personally and in their midst when they get together. Man, you're more than mere human. No longer. Otherwise, it's just a high school culture. It's a prison culture, and it's a Springfield culture. Look around. I, I came here. I started coming here 20-some years ago. I moved here about 10 years ago. Springfield is the most segregated place I've seen. And not because it's imposed from outside. It's imposed from inside, from your flesh. If you're black, you want to be with black folks. If you're Latino, you want to be with Latinos. If you're like... Our church is different, I believe. But we can easily become one of those carnal ones. Our church is different because you're listening to a preacher with a heavy Russian accent. For God's sake. And the leader of the worship is from India. And nobody cares. Everybody worships Jesus. Keep it going. Keep it going. That's the unity of the Spirit. You know why you're listening to me? Because you know the Spirit speaks in me, through me, to you. And that's what we need to recognize, guys. We need to recognize the Spirit in us and the Spirit through us. The body is not just a metaphor. It's a beautiful metaphor, but it's, I don't know how to explain that. It's a reality. You are a member in the body of Christ. God is unknown without Christ. Christ is unknown without his body. The body does not manifest unless we agree to become the body. And we agree by deliberately deciding to join ourselves to the group of weird people <laughs> that have the Spirit of God within them. That is the unity of the Spirit. I'm so off script, so I need to get some point to continue here. I call it gospel. You know, the church is how you practice the gospel. A lot of people have an idea that you can do it by yourself, individually. That's just not going to happen. You will always be very limited. The full gospel church the full gospel, let me tell you, let me put it this way. The full gospel is when you have the spirit within 
and you have the Spirit outside because you're surrounded by people who are filled with the Spirit. Does this make sense or not? Okay, I love Paul. He gives us short descriptions of what the gospel is on a regular basis because he was a man of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of God, what God has accomplished in Jesus Christ. And I love when he gives this succinct summaries, pithy ones, that you can just grab, memorize, and say, here's the gospel. Boom, three sentences. And you said, this is the gospel. Yeah, that's a good news for you, my friend, from God. Here's one of those succinct places. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 from 14. Paul gives you, in the form of a nugget, golden nugget, the gospel. He says, Christ, listen, this is the gospel. Christ redeemed us from the curse of law, of the law, by becoming a curse for us. That's a negative side that Christ dealt with. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, meaning the cross. Why? Why did he do that? So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to Gentiles. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Guys, the gospel is preached to us not for you to feel good that your sins are forgiven. It's good. Your sins are forgiven. You can feel good about it. But your sins are forgiven so that the Holy Spirit can come and be in you and be real in you. Do you hear me? So there are two things that we need to learn to have a real church as the body of Christ, living in His body, not just in the club, not just in the gathering of Christians. Many gatherings of Christians are calling themselves churches. They're just gatherings of Christians. They're just synagogues moving together. It's still good. It's better than being alone. It's good. And the Holy Spirit can still work. But, you need, but Paul says, unless you recognize the presence of the Spirit, in operation of the Spirit in you and in others, you're not doing it God's way. So first thing you need to recognize is the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. <clears throat> it can be different. But it's, it's often tangible. When you receive Jesus, He forgave your sins and the Holy Spirit came to you. It's not just something to keep as a piece of knowledge in your mind. It's something to experience. How do, how do people experience that differently? It can be very different. The Spirit manifests in a diverse ways. But you are one being. Your body, your soul, your spirit. So you will experience the Spirit of God at every level, I believe. Your mind, the peace of mind. Have you experienced? You're all worried and you're all anxious and you, you're getting into depression. And then somehow God helps you to move your mind to one truth of the gospel. You begin to look at it and realize that what you're feeling is a lie. What you're seeing in this world is true. You begin to meditate and receive it. And all of a sudden, this, the, 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 the peace of God fills you. <laughs> Have you experienced that? Have you experienced that? That... You could be in depression for weeks, for months, but five minutes with engaging with the Spirit can take you out and put you in heaven. Amen. I had that many times. Never forget that. That's how the Spirit operates in your life. Sometimes you can feel strange things in your body. And some of you can actually resonate. You're afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. I'll tell you about my experiences. 
Maybe you'll say, I'm weird, or maybe you'll say, I have the same thing. So, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. Uh, what, one is, have you ever fallen when people prayed for you? Have you seen those weird pictures when people pray and people, boom, fall on the floor? That happened to me multiple times. I, you, I, like, and I can control myself. I remember I was so skeptical and so cynical and I was translating an evangelist, very powerful anointed evangelist. And then on the third day of a conference, it was a big conference, I was translating and every time this guy goes in English, Jesus, and I say in Russian, Jesus, Jesus, I would feel my, 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 my legs would go like uh, just freshly boiled noodles. I thought, that's weird, because my head was like not even engaged. I was ice cold. I was like, boo, 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 boo. Jesus, Jesus, woo. Jesus, Jesus, woo. I said, what's going on? So I, 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 the, the meeting was over. I was walking to the subway, and it was like 10 minutes walk, and I, it was dark, so I, I decided to do an experiment. I would go, and I would like just whisper, Jesus, woo. Jesus, woo. Was it? It, it hanged with me for like two weeks. What is it? I don't know. My body responds to the presence of the Spirit. Sometimes you feel electricity in your hands. Very often I had this weirdest thing. I mean, I'm not a big fan of alcoholic beverages. Never settled well with me. It's not against my religion. I'm fine. Like I experimented with wine. It didn't work every other time. It did give me a headache, even a little bit, so I don't worry about it. But I still remember the sense when you drink wine, it just like starts this warm hot feelings spreading through your body now i see who uh, who drinks alcohol <laughs> no, no 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 don't worry about it yeah do it do it responsibly do it responsibly <laughs> but it's on a regular basis uh, we would worship here or anywhere and all of a sudden i feel like oh i just like had a, like a glass of wine i just this this what is it? That's the Holy Spirit. Weirdest things started happening to me uh, here in 2020. Actually, last year, last year. What, we, I was worshiping right there. A couple of times we had weird things happening here. First time we were praying there and I smell a strong smell of anointing oil in this very meeting place. Strong, like somebody took a big jar and just broke it over the floor. And I was like... A, what is that? What is that? I had it before in Russia, so it was fam I was familiar with those things. I was like, what is that? Next time I decided to, like, not to tell anybody, but to ask Neil, it happened again. So I pushed Neil, and Neil, Neil, do you smell this? And I didn't tell him what. He, he goes, what, what? That's, that's an anointing oil. That's an anointing oil. What is this? Operation of the Holy Spirit. Manifestation of the Holy Spirit. A weird one began two years ago. Never had it before, never had it in Russia. We would start worshiping and all of a sudden, you know how you put a mint in your mouth and all of a sudden your breath becomes like you're in the mountain. It's, it's just like ice cold, crisp air. I felt like I ate this big of a mint and all of a sudden there's just ice cold all over me and I'm like, what is this? I don't know. Lord, what are you doing? I'm still learning. I don't understand all these things. God is doing something. I'm calling my friends. I said, what does that mean? I said, I don't know, some angels are visiting you. I, look, ah, I don't understand. Well, anyway, we, we'll be learning. As long as you open to that, don't be afraid to be open to that. If you ask for a neck, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask for, 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 for a bread, he's not going to give you a scorpion or a snake. 
If you ask for the manifestations of the Spirit, He is not going to give you weird experiences that will lead you, drive you nuts. But be open. Be open. Because that thing translates into something. I'll, I'll tol I told you that story before. But the reason I'm sharing this testimony is because there is a power in testimony. Because some of you are actually resonating now and say, hey, I experienced that. Oh, I remember that. And those of you who remember that years ago and don't have it for a while, come to be prayed for so that you would start experiencing it again if it got subdued. So I went to a hospital. I got a phone call. I was a, I was a pastor in a pastoral care team. I was actually in charge of pastoral care team in a, one, in, 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 in a bigger church. And they called me and they said, oh, we have a family here. The mother is dying. The doctor said she has like less than an hour to leave. And all of our pastors are out of town. Can you come and visit the family and pray and kind of see her depart? And I said, okay, I will come. So I came. The family was there. I prayed for the family. I prayed for the lady. It was a very sad, sad picture. There was barely anybody left. No muscles. She was eaten by cancer. It just like a skull with like deep fallen eye sockets with like, and she had an oxygen mask. She was not coherent. She was, she was out of this world already. And I came and I prayed for her just as a pastoral care pastor is supposed to. And then I prayed for the family. But then I feel the nudge. And the nudge was to come back to this lady. And I came and I laid my hands. And I didn't know what to do. I just felt the nudge. And the nudge was just call on my name. And I started doing this, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. And then I felt weird because I thought, oh, they're thinking I'm nuts. And they were. <laughs> when, when I glimpsed at the corner of my eye, they were looking at me. Because, well, I've already prayed my official prayer. What was that? I don't know what was that. I just felt a nudge of the Spirit. Lord Jesus, I've been doing it for like 10 minutes. Made everybody uncomfortable, except for the lady. <laughs> then all of a sudden, she opened her eyes. There was no more glare that was there before, well, you know, before she would open it every once in a while and it was this kind of glaze. She opened it. She looked clearly. She took the mask off. She sat down. Everybody goes, what's going on? I said, what's going on? So anyway, she sat down. She started talking. She was supposed to be gone 15 minutes ago. She wasn't. So I stayed there for another 15 minutes, but the family was around her talking, so I left. And I called next morning. I said, is she gone? He said, no. The opposite. She, she's, she's okay. She's talking. She's like, she's, I called in two days. Is she gone? No, they're releasing her. She doesn't seem to be getting ready to die. N next Sunday, the, the bunch of the family members came to the church, and this lady found me in the office wings, and they said, I want to thank you for healing my mom. I said, I didn't heal anybody. I said, no, you healed my mom. Guys, that nudge, call on my name. Weird. It's okay to be weird. Just be weird. If the Spirit tells you to do something and you're losing your face in front of other people, go for it. Go for it. Do it. This is a reality. 
I, I'm telling you, we don't even know yet what the church is capable of doing. That's the most powerful force on this earth, but we don't know it. We're comfortable with our little sermon, little worship, little this, little that. The Spirit of the living God moved in. Into you and into your brother. Yes, that brother that you don't particularly like. With a weird sense of humor. So preserve, preserve, work hard, connect yourself to the people of God. To the saints below, right here. Okay? I hope I conveyed something about the Spirit. Spirit is not just a force, not just a power, not just these feelings. These feelings are manifestations. He is a person. He is the person with all his wisdom and with all his power. And you are an organ in the organism called the body of Christ. I'm tempted to tell you a story. Shall I or not? Shall we play democracy? It's almost indecent. Okay. I, I used to work at a, at a radio station, so I've been getting a lot of information. Sometimes unnecessary. I'm going to give you a piece of that information to you right now. So this man, I, I, we covered that in the radio. This man came to Russia as a tourist. He, and because he was from a far, far away country, I didn't know where, where exactly, he decided to indulge himself. He just, how do you call it, broke loose. He decided nobody knows. I'm gonna, so he was a sinner, of course. He started looking for indulging his flesh. He went to a bar. He found a girl to stay overnight. He stayed overnight. The girl rewarded him with, um, how do you call it, crabs? <laughs> he discovered it soon. Well, the, 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 the reason I'm telling you this story is because originally it was a news, breaking news, that in this small town where he was, he was found nearly dead in his hotel room. They took him to, I mean, maintenance from the hotel discovered him on the floor. They took him to the urgent care. They barely brought him back to life. The guy got nearly killed, and that's the story of how he got killed, almost got killed. He went to the bar. He found the girl. He slept with the girl. He found this insects <laughs> and he thought he's smart he went to a hardware store bought a couple of containers of bug killer spray and he just sprayed himself and he nearly died why why are you telling us this story Dennis because he was stupid enough not to realize that the skin is an organ he thought it's just a surface. It's like, you know, you come to the floor, you see cockroaches, you, psh, you spray, they die, you're good. He didn't realize the skin is a vital organ that can breathe, that can absorb, that can do stuff, that can protect. And he nearly killed himself by not recognizing a vital importance of this organ. That's what's happening to the church often when we don't recognize a vital importance of an organ right next to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a vital organ in the body of Christ. Yes. All right, guys. Enough stories. Now we're going to worship. And I want you to open your heart 
and worship now and invite Holy Spirit. I'm gonna invite Holy Spirit right now. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come from heaven. He comes from deep within you to revive you and to serve you and others, to bring life and to bring light to the world, to testify about Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.